0: Well, welcome to episode 46 of Three Point Podcast. It's a different look at the sports world and current events from three different generations. I'm the baby boomer, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. On the phone is Gen Xer, Matt Burns of ESPN, and also on the line our millennial, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our partners tonight include Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, our podcast studio, Z92.5, The Castle, and the Corona Public Schools. We'll also be checking in later with our crusty athletic supporter, Jack Strapp. Why not subscribe? Give us a rating on Apple iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 point Pod. And we're going to talk some college football tonight the NFL, including the Woeful Lions, and also we'll get into some pop culture, including some fan feedback with our list of top five sports movies of all time. Well, guys, let's start off with football and specifically the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jared, I know we talked about we were hoping that they'd be in contention still by Thanksgiving, but you know what? I've lost all hope and who cares, right?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Who cares? But the one good thing that we did have—that we do have—this week, we obviously just got our doors completely blown off, just blown off. But Snacks Harrison, okay, yeah. and, and it's been circulating social media. He had a tweet where he he put his hand up on a couple of the touchdowns.
0: I did like that.
1: Well, my takeaway from that is that all we had to do was give away a fifth round pick for a guy with just this incredible character. This is what we need in the Lions organization, not these sorry losers. We need guys like Snacks Harrison who can put their hand up and accept like defeat when it's there. When they made a mistake, he owned up to it. Basically, the only positive of the entire – to summarize, the only positive is that we had a player admit that he made multiple, multiple mistakes during the game. So.
2: <laughs> the only thing I have to say to that is
1: he's only been
2: on the Lions for two weeks, basically, maybe three weeks. So he's going to be positive give him give him a season, give him a few more weeks and and that losing culture, the the Lions are a joke. I I'm almost like uninterested in the Lions at this point this season. It it'll wear on him. By by the end of the season when they're 5 and 11, he won't be saying this is on me. I I mean, it's just it's a mess and Stafford doesn't even look engaged. The defense is just a mess. I mean, he can he can take, you know, some of the credit or some of the blame for those touchdowns, but offense doesn't even look like they have anything going. They're trying to run, like, jet sweeps and, like, these crazy plays with LeGarrette Blount, and it's just a joke. Patricia needs to go, and and I'm over the Lions, basically, at this point this season.
0: Wow, pretty bold there asking for uh, Patricia's exit. I mean, it, it may not be too far from the realm, but if he goes, obviously Quinn will go. But, you know, let me ask you guys this. Yeah, the culture is terrible. There's no doubt about it, but at some point, does the blame have to stop with the coaches and the players? Got to step up and take some of the criticism, and some of the blame because they're the ones on the field.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that I've I've said that quite a bit on this podcast and like other places too. That that I always think it's funny when when it's the coach getting all the blame or like when last season, say for example, Jim Harbaugh is getting a lot of the blame for Michigan. You know, not not having a good season and their quarterback play was terrible. You know, he can't go out there and play quarterback. So so yeah, it is funny sometimes when all of the blame falls on the head coach or the defensive coordinator you know whatever but but i I think there's a pattern and it doesn't look like patricia is the type of guy that can change the culture i mean that that's one thing that when schwartz came in and he he tried to come in and change the culture he did a little bit almost a little too much because when schwartz was the coach it was just like out of control (laughs) but like at least he like changed the culture this team doesn't even look like they want to be there i mean it's he doesn't look like he, he has the control of the team, and, and I think Bob Quinn's right there. I, I think the Fords need to sell the team. That That's the thing that's been the constant for the last 50 years, however many years. That It needs to be a complete overhaul because the Lions are – I think the Lions are more of a joke than the Browns at this point.
1: See, uh, a lot of the players, they – they didn't. They stood behind Patricia, though. Matt, like Glover Quinn said that he still thinks that it's that it that it's like you guys kind of talked about. It's the players. It's not Patricia. Like we need to step up. We need to be better.
2: Players are going to do that because I mean he's a first year head coach, so he's probably going to be there for another year or two. So
0: at least one. The
2: play, yeah, the players aren't going to punt on him right now because he's like, yeah, he's probably going to be the head coach next year. So, so yeah, I mean sometimes when the players come out and say like, no, nah, we've got his back. I mean that kind of goes in one year, out the other to me because I mean I, I don't know. I don't take any of these guys seriously, basically, is what it comes down to.
0: You know, we'll never solve world peace, and we're really close to never solving the Lions problem. But if we're going to try to solve it, and you talk about the culture, and we know the players have to play, I think, number one, and whoever's running the team and whoever's like the team leader's Like, Stafford, to me, doesn't come across as a rah-rah guy that can really get the team fired up. Now, maybe that's overblown, but uh, somebody has to step up and make sure these guys give at least 100% effort. And in that piece-of-crap game we saw on Sunday against the Bears, I did not see effort in that game at all. I don't know about you guys, but it was pretty pitiful.
1: No, it it was 100%. Let me ask you guys this. I was 100% on the keep Jim Caldwell train. I think I remember you guys were a little bit not so much. You felt like it was time for a change. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. If you could take Jim Caldwell back right now, would you take
0: him? Well, yeah, if I was going to have a coach for this season, yes. Long term, I'm not so sure. Maybe Patricia's not the guy. I don't know who the hot names are out there, but uh, things aren't working out right now, and they've got to have somebody that's going to send a message to these players that – Either you play a hundred percent and you play to your top level, or your ass is out of here.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I guess I, that that's kind of my point with Patricia. I know it's his first time head coaching, so yeah, maybe it's a bit extreme to say he needs to go right now. But my like the biggest thing is it doesn't seem like there's a direction to the team. Like you know, you can see usually rebuilding. Like let's just say for the Tigers right now, you can see there's a c- clear rebuild going on. It's going to take a couple years what's going on with the Lions right now? Like, what, what is there? Stafford's there, but he's in year 10. I'm the biggest Stafford slappy that there is, but I'm starting to wonder, like, is he the guy? Should they trade him and just stockpile a couple picks and, you know, try and start a rebuild? So even if they do that, is Patricia the guy to, to be the head coach for a rebuild? It just doesn't seem like there's a direction on the team. And that's kind of where I was at with Jim Caldwell. Yeah, they were winning, whatever, 9, 10, 11 games a year with him, which as a Lions fan, uh, that should be good enough. But it didn't seem like it was ever going to get better than that with Caldwell. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Patricia's going to prove us wrong. But I, I just don't see a, a, a clear direction with this team. And uh, it's <laughs> – it's just it's same alliance is basically what it comes down to it, it, it,
1: we're stuck we're stuck in a purgatory here like yeah. we're gonna go like seven and nine and our team like we have like no idea you know what I mean we have nothing that is like redeeming about this team like think next year like what's gonna excite you about like this team next
2: year that's There's what no I mean no like it, it used to nothing. be even the years that they were going five and eleven you know whatever six and ten at least Stafford was like fun and you know they had Megatron for a while Right. at least Stafford was putting up numbers and you always felt like you like you said a couple of weeks ago Jared with Stafford like you always felt like he had a chance with Stafford like he might come back he might start lighting up the scoreboard it doesn't even I mean he's not even doing that this year I mean he's got I don't know who are his receivers anymore I don't even know like the roster is a joke and I'm just I, I'm just like getting to the point where I'm so disinterested in the Lions that I didn't even. I watched about five minutes of the game on Sunday because I was. We were off hanging out with friends, and I was just like, I don't even. I'm not going to waste my time with this team.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I kind of agree with that. It, it's so bad that my sister is hosting uh, our Thanksgiving feast this year, and she was asking me, "Well, when's the Lions play?" And I said, "Listen, don't schedule your dinner around the Lions. I'm going to tell you that right now."
1: No nope. Okay, I, you say that, but I was actually really thinking about it. When that game's on on Thanksgiving, you know, and maybe this is because it's like you don't really want to sit there and, like, talk to your family like for, like, five hours, but like everyone's eyes are going to be glued on the TV. You know, it's but I, watch it's, it's like a Super Bowl. It's like a standalone game. Like, we, if we win the Thanksgiving game, like, everything's all right that day.
0: It's true, but, you know, in, our, in my time celebrating Thanksgivings, I can't even remember a time when uh, I've been able to just sit down and watch the Lions and then have dinner. Dinner's always in the middle of uh, the Lions game.
2: Yeah, to your point, Jared. Thanksgiving is a little different, you know. The, the terrible years, it is still cool to sit down and watch the Lions because they usually play pretty well on, on Thanksgiving. But
0: and it is the only game and, on, you know.
2: Yeah, it's just I, I don't even know. I like they they're talking about the the Ravens might move on from John Harbaugh after this season. You know, if if that is true, and John Harbaugh is unemployed after this season and he's open, I would I would throw all the money that they can at John Harbaugh and if Patricia wants to stay and be defensive coordinator that'd be cool but i just it doesn't come off to me like Patricia is head coach material. Well,
0: first of all i agree with you if they have an opportunity to grab Harbaugh how sweet would that be to have Jim in Ann Arbor and John in Detroit, huh? I mean, first of all, it would just be electric, as you would say, Jared. But yep. he's a proven coach. He's won a Super Bowl, right? He beat his brother in the Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. I mean, it would be, it'd be awesome. Uh, obviously, the Patricia thing, he's not going to come back and be a defensive coordinator, Right, I, I right. doubt. But if you're going to bring a guy like John Harbaugh in, Bob Quinn's probably not going to stay the GM, is he? you got to bring in a different GM.
2: I guess. I mean, I don't know if... Yeah, if Quinn's trying to have his guy, that's why he brought Patricia in. I don't know. But, you know, it's just one of those things. That, like, if he, if they're going to stick with Patricia for another year or two and, you know, you're going to keep rolling with Stafford and, you know, carry on Johnson is kind of like the bright spot. Maybe he's going to turn into a really good back. Like, what else is there, though? Uh-huh. I, like, I'm really – I just, like, what else – you're just going to keep rolling with Stafford and, you know, hoping that he throws four touchdowns in garbage time. Yeah. Like.
0: Well, I think I think when you you've been talking about the last uh, month or so about the Lions culture, I think it's finally caught up with Matt Stafford.
2: I think it has, and it's a shame because that's what I mean. Like it used to be, he he never yeah he never really used to be like a real crazy, outspoken, fiery guy, kind of like what you were saying. But he used to always look like he was having fun at least, and he was like into it, especially early in his career. There were all those great comebacks that he had. I don't even see it this year. I don't, I don't even know. It, it's like he, fin- yeah, he
1: finally settled in and like slowly, like you know, when you just start a new job, like you're super giddy about it, and then like <laughs> they, and that's basically what's happened to Matt Stafford. He came in, he tried his best to sort of like I'm gonna love every second of working here, and just over time, it's just more on. Yeah, and you well, you can't blame him, like
0: right. Well, when his wife starts tweeting, uh, you know, the, about all the negativity, that tells you right there all you need to know. You know, know. he's hearing it at home, too.
2: You know, it can't be good or it can't be fun. I don't know what word you want to use. It can't be promising for him to see. I mean, at least, you know, they've tried to draft offensive linemen. But the the offensive line, it just seems so inconsistent. Like, they've tried to address the offensive Mm -hmm. line with draft picks and free agents. They either can't stay healthy or you see the video of Taylor Decker getting absolutely trucked (laughs) by Khalil Mack and Stafford getting sacked. And it's like – Hey, man, we, we drafted Taylor Decker, number one, to be the left tackle that's going to protect Stafford. And you see Khalil Mack just running over him like a freight train. And it's like, I don't know. Stafford must just be like, oh, what do you want me to do? Yeah,
0: the line's been a disappointment here recently. And, and frankly, Stafford, he's got to get rid of the ball, too. I mean, some of those sacks are his fault, too. Yeah, but, and it's just, and that's just part of the thing. Like why I'm not looking forward to next year like at all. You just know
1: it's going to be a whole another draft where we just draft like three or four linemen. Like it feels like we've been rinse repeating that that for the last like five years, just drafting
0: well, it's not
1: players. Like. N- That's the thing. This team has no one that's exciting. Like, big play Slay is probably the only guy. Gerard Davis, like, those two guys and Matt Stafford. Yeah, you're right. they have some, like, theater to them. Everyone else is just
0: boring. Well, you probably had it right at the very beginning of the season, Jared, saying they should just tank it out after that loss to the Jets. I mean, with three wins, they still could, you know. Yeah.
1: But it's like, what, Like I guess, like a a sweet defensive lineman would, like, bring some juice. But it's just like, I don't know. That's, I just feel like they're going to be a the top ten pick, and they'll take a they will take a, a right guard.
0: Or a cornerback. Out, uh, out of Wisconsin. Like, just something stupid like that that right. no one cares about. It, it makes yeah. sense X's and O's wise,
2: but I don't care about it. No, they need juice. Some people have been thrown around. I think we talked about it earlier. Some people have been thrown around the Lions drafting Rashawn Gary, you know, with their first-round pick or something. I'm just like, oh, no. I don't wish that on Rashawn Gary. <laughs> I want to see him go somewhere else a much better franchise where he actually has a chance to win.
0: Yeah, that's that's how sad it is because we're all Lion fans. But, you know, if you're wishing one of our favorite college players to go elsewhere, I mean, that pretty much tells you the, uh, the feel for the fans out there for the Lions right now. And it's just a bad, bad product. But switching it over to something a little bit happier, a much better product. And before we get to the college football and the Michigan Wolverines, I want to tell our listeners that they definitely, when they're in mid-Michigan, stop by and see our friends at Rivals Taphouse and Grill. That's the local spot to meet up with all your friends, catch your favorite sporting events on their 21 great big-screen TVs. They have weekly food and drink specials, especially on game day. So get on out there, grab some burgers, wings, pizza, all the good stuff they offer. Rivals Taphouse and Grill, located on the corner of Shiawassee at M. 21 in Corona. Well, I know we're a week away, but I know they'll have a big crowd for the Michigan-Ohio State game, but, uh, you know, the Wolverines keep going towards that Ohio State game, and if they can get by Indiana as well as they're playing, oh my God, it's going to be incredible, and I'm so nervous already two weeks away.
2: So I'm curious, before we start talking about that and, you know, Michigan and everything, I'm curious what your guys' feelings are now that Ohio State beat Michigan State, you know, because there was the whole talk about do we want Michigan State to beat them so Michigan's automatically in Indianapolis if they take care of business, or you know do you want to see Michigan State lose because it's Michigan State, or then the Ohio State games means means more. So like, how do you feel now about that yeah. that Ohio State well, won that game?
1: I, I had an epiphany during that 17 unanswered points in the fourth that I just hate Michigan State and I loved it. Wow, <laughs> was I loving it. Their quarter and just sort of the X's and O's why their quarterbacks are so bad. Lawrky looked horrible. Lombardi looked horrible. I it, Matt, I am so glad that Michigan State just got their butt whipped, and that this this program is just an absolute disarray. They got Nebraska coming up next week. What a barn burner that one's going to be! <laughs>
2: well, Nebraska's playing well. Nebraska might—I I, forget—is that Annie Lansing?
1: Yes, it's yep, Annie Lansing.
2: Yeah, I mean not that not that that really matters a whole lot. Home field at Spartan Stadium, but yeah, I, I was definitely on the board. I I wanted the Ohio State Michigan game to mean more. I did want that, but I also wanted to see Michigan State go down. I just I just want to keep just Driving, driving that program farther and farther down.
0: Well, the one thing I noticed in that game was the fact that uh, Ohio State did not look invincible against the Spartans, and that was not the strongest representation of Spartan football in that game. Like you talked about, neither quarterback played very well. It's obvious Lawrky is hurt, and Lombardi man lost his mind there for a little bit. Plus, <laughs> the Ohio State most valuable player in that game was their freaking punter.
2: Yeah, yeah, you no, know, he was putting on a show, and yeah, I mean, it, it's been evident all season, really that Ohio State, even though they've only got the one loss to Purdue, and if they run out, I mean, they could still have a chance at the playoff. But uh, they they definitely are beatable. And it's one of those years that Michigan is is the better team. Michigan is better than them this year. They're playing a lot better right now. But that game, we all know, that doesn't mean anything when they go to Columbus on that Saturday. And, you know, maybe Haskins has a huge game, throws for 300 yards or something, but Michigan – you know, all healthy as long as everyone is healthy and everything, they should definitely win that game.
1: And that's what. And with with, with Indiana coming up this weekend, Michigan need, they need to rest Rashawn. I would rest Street Black. Like anyone that's at all banged up, yes, you just gotta rest them. And I think you just, I think that what we should expect for as a Michigan team, this like as fans, like they're not gonna show anything. So. Like I saw the spread was at like twenty seven and a half points. Like I honestly think that this might be like sort of a fourteen, maybe at most twenty one, like point win for Michigan. Like it's going to be an ugly
0: one. I honestly think that. Yeah, and I think Harbaugh realizing the games he had ahead of him before Ohio State, he he already started that that look at it with uh, the game against Rutgers. Didn't you think he was he was protecting some of his players, even though all the starters did get playing time, but he was he was substituting pretty well too.
2: Yeah, it seemed like the the play calling was a little more vanilla. There wasn't as much. uh, Patterson didn't really take off running as much, so I don't know if if Harbaugh, if they kind of said, like, you know, try and stay in the pocket or something. But, but yeah, it did seem like the play calling, to your point, was a little different against Rutgers. And that's what I I wish. I mean, I was a little disappointed that they didn't just put it away early because the, the starters basically played into the fourth quarter, and I was hoping that we'd only see Patterson and some of the other starters for the first half. So, so, yeah, we got to hope. I, I'd be fine, like you said, Jared, and, and them resting Rashawn Gary. Uh, and I'd be fine them just trying to get some of the starters out of there against Indiana. So hopefully they can put that one away early. You, you do
1: worry about, like, a trap game. The thing that makes me a little bit less nervous is the fact that it's a 4 p.m. game. It's going to be Michigan's last home game. The right. crowd's going to be able to bring some juice to this. Like where, If this was, like, at, at Indiana, like a noon game at
2: Indiana, I'd be very nervous. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: This game. But the fact that it's a home game, it's got the 4 o'clock kick, it's not a noon, nooner, I think that it, it makes us it so we don't have to be quite as nervous. Although, another thing that makes me a little bit nervous, I'm going back and forth here, like Jekyll and Hyde. But Indiana is is trying to become bowl eligible this week. I mean, they're sending a 5-5. Five five. Wouldn't that be just a nice way for them to cap off their seasons? What, and wouldn't that just be a typical just Michigan Lions just sort of oh. like where, where our minds are at, like,
0: right now. Should we just Matt, forget this Matt, podcast if that happens? I think, I
2: think, I think that Matt, Matt, Matt would uh, end up dead, I think, is what we would <laughs> see. You, guys, you wouldn't hear from me for a couple of weeks if that happened.
0: <laughs> and as it should be, as it should be. Hey, while we're on the topic of college football, the, the hot thing this week just recently was, uh, I guess, Zach Smith fighting back a little bit, huh?
2: I guess, if that's what you want to call it. I don't know if he... Tipped a few too many Woo. back last night and got on a roll or what? But I know you guys it sounds like you guys were keeping up with it a little bit. As much as I could, yeah. I loved
1: it. And and Tom Herman, just first off, couple of good shots on both sides. All that Tom Herman said, so uh, Zach Smith texted Tom Herman, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring all this stuff to the light, like how you cheated on your wife all these times. His response, Okay, cool, hook up." And him. then he had like the emoji. Yeah. <laughs> that was just such a perfect I can't imagine how much that would piss me off about (laughs) the text I got. And I got that text back. Uh, No wonder he went just absolutely psycho on Twitter. If you would have maybe been asking for forgiveness of that text, which you can't do that if you're Tom Herman. Like, that's the perfect response for Tom Herman. But if you're Zach Smith, maybe if he asked for you know some sort of decent like, i don't know or for, for forgiveness from Zach Smith like maybe Zach Smith doesn't do that but when you give him just like i'm above you like you don't even matter text like that okay cool hook him right. like you got to blow up on him blow him
0: up on twitter well it's definitely the hot story and uh it's just funny to me, and I guess I don't know the official background. Is is Smith blaming Herman for him to get canned, or where did this where did this heat come from for this Twitter war?
2: Well, Herman spill or yeah, Herman spilled some of the beans on Zach Smith. Like ah. all that stuff was going down, whatever, a few months ago. He was one of the guys to throw Zach Smith under the bus a little bit. Okay. So, you know, that's that's maybe where it comes from, and then maybe it's just Zach Smith going crazy. And well,
0: if you've got ghosts in your closet, you shouldn't probably be throwing anybody under the bus either, right?
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, It's it's funny to see. I've seen some people, and even talking to some friends about this, um, Tom Herman's wife is, I mean, the easiest way to say it is extremely attractive. He has a very, very good-looking wife, and some people have been saying, like, there's no way Tom Herman would cheat on her. No way that would happen. He'd be stupid to cheat on her. Huh. My simple response is, these guys are, I would not put put it past any of these college coaches, any of these professional coaches, professional athletes, any of these guys who are on the road so much. They have this power. They make a lot of money. I don't put it past anyone to do anything like that. So it doesn't surprise me when I hear anything like this.
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of these women do throw themselves at them too.
2: Yeah, yeah. And th- I mean, this one, apparently he went to an, an Asian massage parlor and got a little rub and tug. So, I mean, like, when you're on the road and, you know, you're with your buddies, I mean, I think mm-hmm. – I think these things probably happen more often than not. Sadly, that you know, you hear people say like the guys who stay in a relationship and stay loyal and everything—they're actually that—that—that that, that is more rare than people who uh, cheat on their wives and stuff like that because. I think there's a whole there, there's a whole side to the culture of of being college coaches and traveling a lot and professional athletes
1: that that stuff happens all the time.
0: I, I would think so. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. That's like the, Like I've heard so many stories about like Rick Pitino, and this might not be. This is kind of <laughs> not quite as surprising as it would have been like a couple years ago when I heard it. Like Rick Pitino just like making out with a bunch of girls in the bars from, like, some of right. my buddies who told me that they saw it with their own two eyes. Like, it's just stuff, it's stuff like that, that it's, like, I feel, yeah, like you said, Matt, like, I kind of feel like it, that might be more the norm than people are, like, willing to admit, like, with athletes and these coaches. But, like, it's just how, I don't, like, I just don't know how it's not. Yeah, you like, be- when you're always traveling and, like, I just, yeah, the way they throw, like, girls throw themselves at these guys, like, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to sit here and act like, I'd be
0: perfect. Like you know what I mean? Like oh, it's like to yep. think that I wouldn't do that? You'd have to be like, naive think to think it doesn't happen, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I think part of it is too that there there's a huge, huge ego in play with some of these guys. And I mean it's kinda to your point, like it would be hard not to be when you're making the money you are, when your your name is in the news, when you're the hot college coach, you know, you're all these things, you've got these women throwing themselves at you. And like they I don't know what if you can take anything Zach Smith said seriously, but he said that his wife Tom Herman's wife would always talk to Zach Smith's ex-wife and say like she would say I wouldn't be anything without Tom like if I if our marriage ended I wouldn't know what to do and everything like that. So you got to think that these some of these coaches or players or whatever it is have this sense of like control of the situation. They feel like they control the woman, and, you know, they can do whatever they want. If they get caught, oh, well, she's not going to leave me anyway because I make a ton of money and she doesn't have to work because I make so much money. And I think that's a huge problem with it too.
0: Do you think this has any effect uh, on what happens in Columbus, you know, with the football team at all? Like, that's
1: something that I, I noticed, and I, I, I feel like Matt will have, some, like, uh, he'll have probably an opposite view of it. But he, with all of this coming out, like, you haven't really heard any of these coaches, like, go against Urban Meyer. You know what I mean? Right that's the one thing that i kind of had to take away like Zachsmith Zaxman, like Zaxman's going after Tom Herman. Uh, he's mentioned all these other coaches but he did not single out like er- anything Urban Meyer did.
0: Well, Urban Meyer did protect him basically, didn't he?
1: Yeah, for a long time.
2: I mean that that's, that's what Urban Meyer said is that he was he was backing his guy. He was sticking up for his friend for so long. So that makes that makes Urban Meyer look worse
0: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, to bring it full circle, I am so worried about the Ohio State game. I don't want to get past Indiana, but <laughs> but with Urban Meyer on the sideline in Columbus, everybody all season long. All the experts were definitely drinking the amazing blue Kool-Aid. I mean, nationally, Matt, you're with ESPN. I mean, everybody's saying how great Michigan is, and here's Ohio State. One loss, Ohio State, with Michigan coming into the horseshoe. I don't know.
2: A lot of people are already starting to just basically pencil Michigan into the college football playoff. And, I mean, because Ohio State hasn't been playing all that well, so that kind of is part of it. But they still have a ton of talent. Urban Meyer is still a really good head coach, obviously. He's one of the best in the country. Yeah, top two or three. And, in in Columbus. And they can win. And, Go to the Big Ten Championship and play for a spot in the College Football Playoff. So it's it's not like they don't have anything on the line either.
0: Right, right. That's why I'm even more nervous for this one than the other ones on this revenge tour. But let's do it, huh? Let's get this revenge. Yeah. It, it, the thing that is, it, it's it's it's, and we keep using that, that buzzword, nervous. We are all nervous. It's because we're the
1: favorite, like for once. In all these yep. games, we've been favorited. Never in like in the past, it seems like in the past like ten years that we've been favorited against Ohio State. And that's just a recipe for disaster, I think, for us. Like, I hope, I just hope that this line doesn't come out astronomically big, like seven.
0: Oh, better like, not. I, just hope,
1: I just hope it's like a Michigan by
0: like one point or something. I'm thinking and three you know, right now. Favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think being the favorites,
2: I definitely think that's a good point. That that is part of it, and that hasn't been the case for Michigan in a long time. I think it's also that Michigan, we haven't done it in a long time. Ohio State they've been there. Clemson has been there. Alabama has been there. When they've had the chance to win these games, go to the playoff or win their conference championship, they've taken care of business and done it. Even Michigan State has done it a couple times. Michigan though hasn't done it in a long time so when when the opportunity is right there in front of us, there's a reason for us to be nervous.
0: Well, and let's just say this. Let's hope this is a different Michigan team. I mean, Jim Harbaugh did take the 49ers to the Super Bowl. He probably knows what it takes to, you know, get them ready for that game and I think I think it's just going to come down to the play on the field that day. I'm not sure coaching will be that big of a deal, but I could be wrong also.
2: Yeah, I mean, really the last couple of years Michigan like if you if you remember the games or like go back on them, Michigan's game plan really has been better than Ohio State's in those games that two years ago, the double overtime game, Michigan oh, really yeah. outplayed Ohio State. They just didn't go their way. And really, last year, with old John O'Corn at quarterback, Michigan's game plan was really good. They just John O'Korn was quarterback, so right. it didn't work out that well.
0: Check out the Corona Connection. That's a publication founded to create a platform for Corona residents and students to connect. View the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. And also, don't forget about the Corona Public Schools here in MidMichigan. michigan Join their winning team today. Find out why nearly 40% make it their school of choice, whether young or old. It's great to be gold. Next up, let's see what's going on again with our pod's oldest athletic supporter, None other than Jack Strap himself.
3: Matt, Fred, Jerry, how you guys doing tonight? Well, fellas, our lovable Lions did it again. Our kings of the jungle could not beat Chicago on an afternoon when Bears kicker Kevin Butler hit the vertical upright of the goal post four times this past Sunday. That's four gifts Gift wrapped, one for each quarter, and they still got smoked 34-22. to During Lions games, I just wish they showed instant replay of Coach Patricia's sideline demeanor while his team struggled. Sure beats the hell out of watching turnover replays. Anyway, each game, the network television crew pans the camera over to the Lions sideline for the proverbial close-up shot of Coach Patricia and probably talking about the Belichick tree, Charlie Weiss, etc. Well, to me, guys... Patricia looks like he just ate lunch at the Ponderosa Steakhouse and he still has corn of the cob stuck in his teeth. For once, I'd like to see him throw a clipboard or kick over the Gatorade. Show some passion, Patty! Instead, he wrinkles up his mouth real cute with the same look that I give my favorite waitress at Woody's Tavern when she notifies me that they just ran out of the daily lunch special. Or he raises his eyebrow and gently shrugs after another Lion turnover as he speaks into the headset like he's trying to decide between Italian sausage and ham for his post-game pizza. Now, guys, as an 89-year-old, I realize my vision is poor, but when I see the dedication patch worn on the shoulder of the Lion players during the game for William Clay Ford, which has the initials WCF, all that I can see is WTF and I sit there in my boxer shorts screaming WTF WTF and I've been doing it for years I can't wait to get that out of my uh, vocabulary guys they're driving me crazy and Jerry asked the question in a podcast a couple weeks ago when the Lions released uh Golden Tate if it was a signal to the team that they were throwing in the towel for 2018 Well, after watching the debacle against the Vikings and Bears and all the other debacles, I think we have our answer, Jerry. They've not only thrown in the towel, but they've thrown in the washcloth, the bath mat, and even the beach towels, even though it's the winter season. And I hate to pick on talented quarterback Gary Danielson, because overall he's been a model of professionalism, but he also looked uninspired, in my opinion. Guys, come on, I know the Bears' Dick Bucktus is tough as nails, but Chicago's defense had Danielson nervously moving his feet in the pocket like he was playing the 85 Bears. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, guys, but if they come out on Thanksgiving Day against the same Bears in front of a national television audience and actually play inspired football, I, for one, will not be happy. I can't stand it when every once in a while on Thanksgiving they come out looking like the kings of the jungle, completely different team with that national TV audience, and then they start strutting around confidently with a record of 3-10, and like the 1980-era Miami Hurricanes. It's crazy. I think it's more entertaining to watch them embarrass themselves. And basically, guys, that gives me an excuse to embarrass myself, getting sloppy drunk by 3 p.m. while Jake and Jackie play Monopoly or Battleship with my sister-in-law, Florence. Boring. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, enough about the Lions. My Wolverines are looking good. There's not a whole lot to say, but I will say that we're one went away from the game with Ohio State, that'll not only decide whether or not we make the playoffs, but I say it's going to be a sign that... It's Michigan's turn to dominate the Buckeyes for the next decade or so. This is it, guys. This is the year. As for movies, I already told you back in the day that Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie of all time based on flying monkeys and witches and all that crap. But you want my sports movies? I'm going to give it to you. Number five, Jim Thorpe, All-American. This 1951 classic had Burt Lancaster playing Jim Thorpe. Epic! Epic! Number four is a 1941 masterpiece titled Harmon of Michigan, and it starred Mark Harmon as himself. Number three, guys, is Hoosiers. Now, I'm much older when I watched this movie, but, guys, Gene Hackman was outstanding as coach of Sycamore High, and I believe, uh, let's see, uh, Red Skelton won an Oscar for his portrayal of Scooter, the town drunk, who and who, guys, can forget his famous line, don't stand there watching the man paint the picket fence. And number two, is 1952's Bonzo Goes to College? The plot is based on a laboratory chimpanzee named Bonzo. Can we even have chimps in the laboratory these days without the guy getting arrested. Anyway, uh, the chimpanzee becomes literate, hops on a train, and runs to a traveling carnival. Hops off the train in a college town where he meets a young girl named Betsy, who mistakenly believes that the monkey is a gift from her grandfather, Pop Drew, who just happens to be the football coach. What a script. She talks her grandfather into letting the chimp, Bonzo, dress up for a home game and he scores the winning td on a run that still makes my spli- side split from laughter guys <laughs> oh run bonzo run run and my number one sports movie of all time starred Lucille ball in one of her first appearances on the big screen with the three stooges Uh, Some say that's where she learned some of her physical comedy. But anyway, the Stooges are recruited by a local college to dress up in football gear to drum up publicity for the football team. Well, a pro scout happens to meet the Stooges and confuses them for genuine football stars known as the Three Horsemen, a parody on a course to Four Horsemen there, Jerry of Notre Dame. Naturally, the Stooges have no clue how to play football only comedy, and chaos ensues. So believing that they've thrown the game on purpose with a ridiculous play on the field, the coaching staff pull out their revolvers and take aim at the Stooges, hitting them in the buttocks as they attempt to flee, zigzagging out of the stadium, and I can... If I had instant replay back in the day, I would have played that scene over and over and over again. But, guys, I still have seen that movie at least a 100 times, and it never gets old. But speaking of old... I'm tired, and I'm going to go take a nap. And when I wake up, I think I'll play my VHS tape of the Three Little Pigskins. Have a great week, guys! All right, awesome
0: to hear from Jack again, as always. And I I don't know if either one of you guys saw Three Little Pigskins, that uh, classic Three Stooges football flick. But uh, you would expect something like that from Strap, for sure. He's one of our big fans here on the podcast, of course, and one of our uh, key contributors. But uh, also, we've been asking for fan feedback, and, and we actually got some feedback from last week's discussion. And again, Matt, tell our listeners the best way they can be a part of this program, not only as a listener, but they can
2: participate. Yeah, I mean, the easiest way would be you, you can hit us up on, on Twitter or Instagram at Three Point Pod, or you can email us at ThreePointPod at gmail.com. But uh, you can either just comment, let us know what you want to say, comment on anything we're talking about, or you can record something like uh, one of our fans did tonight that we're going to hear. Uh, record something on your phone and send us the file either through email. Through Twitter, you can send us a direct message, or uh, if you have one of our phone numbers, you can just text it to us or something, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll play it on the pad, pod and, and talk about it.
0: Yeah, most everybody has a, a smartphone of some sort, whether it be an iPhone or a, a different phone, but they all have voice memo features on them. Just do a quick you know, one-minute to a minute-and-a-half uh, chat on maybe something you want us to talk about. Maybe uh, if, if you hear us talk about something you want to add to it, just hit us up. I agree. Well, let's, let's check in with that fan right now.
4: Hey, what's up, guys? Casey calling from Mount Pleasant. I love the pod, and I loved uh, last week's pod where Ted gave a little Ebert and Robert for us, giving his review of Bohemian Rhapsody. And it got me thinking of my favorite movies and specifically my favorite sport movies. So I got for you guys my top five favorite sport movies of all time. Number five, the greatest game ever played, Francis We Met, the youngest ever winner in the history of the U.S. Open. I think he was like 19 years old when he won, which I'm 22. That pretty much makes me feel like a huge loser number four a tie between caddyshack and the first major league probably the two most quotable movies of all time when you consider just how many one-liners are in both of those movies number three rudy that final scene where he's getting carried off the field on the shoulders of his teammates is just chills and goosebumps every time i see it number two an underrated movie that i don't think a lot of people have seen cinderella man Russell Crowe plays James J. Braddock, uh, the Bulldog. That's a great boxing movie. And number one, white men can't jump. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, running the pickup court together. That is my all-time favorite sport movie. So curious as to your guys' thoughts on my list and also interested in uh, your guys' favorite sport movies. Ted, not really sure uh, if you can participate because not sure if sport movies were around when you were a kid. I know it probably costs, like, a nickel to see a movie in the theater back then. Uh, Jack Stratt, probably not going to hear much from him. I would be shocked if there was a movie theater within, like, 100 miles of the town he lives in. So thanks, guys.
0: Well, there you go. Great commentary. I mean, that was very well put together and, and not a bad list. I like the number one, White Man Can't Jump. That was a great movie. And also, you know, like he said, an underrated sports flick, Cinderella Man. That's pretty good. What, what about you guys? You got, you got some uh, thoughts? I've never seen
1: Cinderella Man. I have heard a lot
2: about it.
0: Russell Crowe uh, so was awesome. awesome.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. a great okay. movie. Is that based on a true story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: So that's one that I should... Now, has it aged
0: well? I saw it came out like 2005. So oh, no, it, it holds beautiful. up because it's a, peir- it it's a period piece, so, yeah, it holds up real well. Okay, and then
1: as for, like, White Men Can't Jump, the, the reason that movie is incredible is because, like, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, like, you can tell they, like, actually know how to play basketball. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that and that, that really that movie really does have some
0: of the best, like, actual, like, basketball scenes that you see in movies nowadays. Oh, no doubt. That, that always drives me crazy, like, watching a baseball movie or a basketball movie, and they don't know what they're doing. Or the one thing, and it's, it's ironic since I'm in the broadcasting business, the one thing that just drives me crazy watching a football movie when they got the PA guy, and he's doing the play-by-play at the stadium. I mean, it's like he's doing the radio play-by-play at the stadium. I mean, just... No, you know what the worst, the worst one of those is? the blind side.
1: When it's like uh, Michael Orr, like blocks the guy like 30 yards downfield, like pushes him over the fence. Like that is not how that would ever happen. Right. The guy would get pancaked. It's just stupid stuff like that. Like, the the coach, yeah. Actually, it's all basically the blind side is the number one for this. When the, oh, and Sandra Bullock calls the coach and he (laughs) answers mid game. Like, that movie is so stupid when it comes to that stuff. (laughs) Love Sandra Bullock, by the way.
0: Uh, Who doesn't?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she was a smoke show in that movie.
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Another, like, and then he also mentioned uh, the greatest game ever played. Right. Like,
1: I have season tickets to Shia LaBeouf. Anything he puts out, I I love it, pretty much. But the guy who steals the show in that movie is is his young caddy. Uh, It's like a short little fat kid who is like his caddy. And that's actually what it was like in real life. He had like a 10-year-old as his caddy. Which is just incredible. Like the the U.S. Open winner had like a ten year old, had some idiot snot nosed kid who weighed like three hundred pounds caddying for him, and they won the entire thing.
0: Well, that's one on my list that I have not seen. I've I've seen I've come across it on television quite a bit, but I've never sat down and watched that movie. So I'm going to have to check it out sometime. Well, what about you guys? You you got a top five list of all time sports movies?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of cheated. Like we did our music uh, a couple or last pod and I, I just went by, like, artist or group. I kind of cheated again. Oh, man. It, it's so hard for me to narrow it down to five. Come on. We had to do it. Broke down. Yeah, I just broke down my – so, like, different sports. All right. Football, any given Sunday, Friday Night Lights, and Varsity Blues. I could. Those would probably be my top five anyway, but just for football, any given Sunday I could watch any time. Friday Night Lights is, is fantastic, and Varsity Blues is, is great too. Uh, basketball Hoosiers, I mean, that's an easy one. Baseball. It's like the the Kevin Costner trifecta for love of the game, Bull Durham, and Field of Dreams. Uh, those movies are just great. I got to see him. He came to work uh, up to Bristol and did a like a speaker series and talked to us for like two hours. Wow. of His uh, his like film career. So I, I got a picture with him and stuff. So that, I I really like Kevin Costner. And then Major League. Major League is just hilarious. That's one of those that like the baseball is a, a little cheesy, but the movie is fantastic. So you get by it. Miracle is really good. We've talked about Miracle on this pod before. I think Jared's brought it up, the hockey and that. But I, I just like it because it's a true story. You know, and you hear Al Michaels making that call and everything. So that that's a really cool movie. And then, but the the all all time, and I guess this would fall under. I don't know if you know if it would be a sports movie, but it is sports. The the Rocky series. Those are my favorite movies. Of all time. I mean, and it is sports because it's boxing, but there's a lot more to those movies than just sports. But, but yeah, the, the Rocky series, all of them. Those are, like, my favorite movies of all time.
0: All right, Jared, you want the old guy to go, or you want to get yours out there? Uh- Yours first. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> I knew gonna, you would, because <laughs> you're gonna make fun of mine. <laughs> all right. I'll, first of all, I'll start off with my honorable mention movies. Okay. I do have a top five, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with it. But I do have some honorable mentions, and some of them already been mentioned. Uh, Miracle. That's definitely a great movie with Kurt Russell. Uh, another great baseball movie, The Natural, with Redford and the music score in that. That was a great one. Here's one. You guys probably don't even know who this star is. Back in the '70s. Uh, this guy was like a hot young star, and it, the movie was called One on One. Have you heard of that? It's a basketball movie. Oh, it starred a guy named Robbie Benson. Okay, throwing a 1970s reference at you. He actually could play some basketball. This was he—he he was this young white hotshot from Indiana. Got recruited to a school out on the West Coast like UCLA playing for a coach supposedly like John Wooden, but this guy was a hard ass coach. He gave him all kinds of grief. It came down to the well I won't spoil the I won't spoil the ending for you, but let's just put it this way. Check it out sometime. It probably does probably doesn't hold up real well, but one on one. Also another one from the seventies, a hockey movie makes my honorable mention list, Slapshot with Paul- uh, yeah. Paul Newman and the Hansen brothers if you have never seen slapshot you gotta check it out
1: yeah that's a good one Un- that, that was that you know that, that one, when I used to uh, work at Meyer it' yeah. kind of funny I used to work at Meyer but, right. um, that, that movie was always in the like five dollar bin right and I always picked it up and looked at it and I never it never grabbed my interest <laughs> I always set it right back down if it, but can I can I just give a guess on what your number one's gonna be uh is it like Brian's song? Is, <laughs> it, is, it, is
0: it number one? No, it's not number one. Not, it didn't on make my list. list. Didn't even make my list, but it was, that was a good movie. That was a TV movie starring James Caan, and that, again, from the 70s. Here's one, another one from the 70s, 1976's The Original, Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau and not Billy Bob Thornton. You guys have seen that, haven't you?
2: Yeah, yeah a long time ago.
0: Another good one. I have, yeah, I haven't. I've seen the Billy Bob Thornton version. Another? I, not, I don't really like that one. Well, I know you've seen this one, Jared, because we've talked about it before. Another baseball one in my honorable mention list, A League of Their Own. That's good. There's no crying in baseball. What are you laughing at, Jared? Again,
1: just that I, I remember it when we were talking about it. My my mom and dad love that
0: movie. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, hey, here's a movie. It combines uh, your love for sports and it has Tom Hanks in it. So we both
0: like it. So Absolutely. Well, you know, you know, uh, Jack Strap and I are. He's a little older than me, but you know, we are the older generation. And he mentioned Jim Thorpe, All-American. That starred Burt Lancaster. That was a <laughs> that was a pretty good movie, but that didn't make my list. I'm going to start with one that's kind of similar, though. So I'm going to start with number five, all right? You ready? The Pride of the Yankees. Do you, want, do you know who that's about, Jared? I'm going to guess Lou Gehrig. All right. Chalk one up for the kid, yeah. The Lou Gehrig story starring Gary Cooper. And uh, I don't know if you – this is some classic – cinematic uh uh early days uh i don't know how you would describe it but uh gary cooper was a right-handed hitter and they did something in the filming process to flip him around to look like he was batting left-handed but he was really batting right-handed how about that and it was a great movie by the way number four uh, no, that got a good reaction i could see number four <laughs> raging bull jake lamada story robert de niro joe pesci Martin Scorsese, Nuff Said, tremendous movie. Now, I'm, I'm on the line of Matt here. My number three is a tie, and it's, again, a couple of Costner classics. I'm going to go Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. Great movies for sure. Yep. Want to have a catch, Dad? Yep. And, and then uh, my number two, I won't go the Rocky series, but I'm just going to go Rocky. I mean, you know, so many great lines in that. Cut me, Mick. Cut me, Mick. And my <laughs> my number one movie. It's it, it, ever since I first saw it, I've seen it many times. It's Hoosiers. It's just a classic. There's no doubt. It holds up. Great true story. They filmed it great. Gene Hackman was awesome as the coach. Dennis Hopper was incredible. It, it was and it was filmed at the Butler Field House, which actually still exists, and you can go in there. It's it's open to the public. You can go in there and shoot hoops. Yeah, it,
1: that's actually what we did when we went to the Final Four. Uh, we actually went there, and that's exactly what we did. We went to Hinkle House because yeah. that's where Hoosiers was, and and I like Hoosiers. The thing, my like big takeaway on that movie is like whenever people talk about like Oscar Robertson, like how good he was. Yeah. Like I always think like how good he, could he have been? He's you know, he's losing to like Jimmy Chitwood and <laughs> these scrubs. Like that's always <laughs> been like my biggest defense against uh, Oscar Robertson. Just yeah. kind of a side uh, note.
0: All right. Well, that that's my list. Okay, let's hear it, Young Buck. What do you got?
1: Okay, so yeah, like a lot. Of, I got a lot of honorable mentions, like you as well. Uh, so my one of my honorable mentions, uh, Basketball Diaries. The only reason I really like this one is because it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it.
0: Can't go wrong. Uh,
1: a young Leonardo DiCaprio playing basketball, like. The movie could be horrible. That's enough for me to like it, and then for you to earn a spot in my honorable mention. Now, now refresh
0: my memory. Did he look like he could play basketball?
1: I I was trying to. I should have looked up a video to try to know and try to remember. I don't really recall the the one line I do remember from the movie is I think Matt Damon's in it, and it's like his teammate. He pops like a, a like a Molly or like a pill of some sort, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, don't worry about me. Like I'll, I'll grab fifty rebounds tonight." Like, stuff like that. So it, it, it basically just revolves around drugs is pretty much what the whole shit, with a little
2: bit of basketball. Right. Is. Yeah. How, is, how is this on your list? You don't even know, like, if Matt Damon was in it, and you don't remember if Leonardo DiCaprio looked good <laughs> playing basketball? I, I saw do you remember that, anything uh, from the movie?
0: Too much time on his hands. It, 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 that movie taught me
1: not to do drugs is what that movie did. Ah. And I saw it when I was, like, 10. I just remember Leonardo DiCaprio. That stuck in my brain, and I remember basketball. And then I looked it up, and it was Basketball Diaries is the name of the movie, and that earned a spot on my honorable mentions. Fair enough. Can't I I just uh, name off my list, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Do it. Okay. And next, another honorable mention. Uh, Rudy. Just a great movie. I mean, the football scenes. So uh, cliche. It's cliche. That's why I put it on the honorable mentions. It
0: It, it, teared me up. I, I teared up a little bit at the end. The pageantry
1: in that movie is just incredible. I mean, the scene where it's like early morning, and they're practicing with like the the sun rising, just beautifully shot. Uh,
0: little, hold on, hold on a minute. I want to just interject this a little family note, just for our, our listeners who might care or don't care. My mom and dad actually were taken to that game oh, yeah, by my right. uh, my brother George, and they were th- they were at the Notre Dame Stadium for a Notre Dame game, and at halftime they had an extended halftime where they came out and filmed the the football scenes in that movie. You know, with the true st- true fans in the stands. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. All right, back I to you, Jared. I forgot
1: that. Uh, and then, okay, my, my other uh, note or honorable mention, uh, Friday Night Lights. It, it should be probably in my top five, but it was just—it was too cliche, Matt. Like you said, I can't put it in there.
2: It's a great movie, and though. It my
1: is. Final, my final honorable mention, uh, Glory Road. Not like that great of a movie as I watch it back. But I tell you what, I grew up watching that movie, like,
0: 400 times. For those who don't know what this movie is about, it's about, like, the first... Great message. It's, like, about... Texas Texas Western, Western, right?
1: Yeah, now UTEP and how first, like, five black players to uh, win a national championship. Was that Don Haskins? Yep, Don Haskins is the coach. I really like the coach in that movie. I'm not sure who the actor... Like, that's an actor who has only had that one role. (laughs) He's been blackballed ever since, I think. (laughs) because He was incredible in that movie. I thought he was really good, but he hasn't had anything since. Now it's time for the actual list, which I know we've all been waiting for. Number five, and this is the best boxing movie of all time, The Fighter, with Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale. Head body, head body, head body. It's it's a great movie. The best scene in this entire movie is when, uh, so Christian Bale, he's a drug addict, and spoiler alert, just so you know, there's going to be a lot of spoiler alerts coming up, but the best scene is he gets out of jail after being a drug addict, and basically it ruined his whole life, drugs, this little, uh, like, trap house that he used to go to with all his friends. He gets a cake for when he gets out of jail, and he takes it right to uh, their house and gives it to him. and it's like, it's such a like, intense scene, because you're like, oh, is he about to revert into, like, drugs again, like, as he's walking to their house, and he just hands them the cake, and he leaves. Just a great scene. Number four, Coach Carter. <laughs> Uh, Matt, prizes did not make your list. This sort of seemed like I thought this was going to be number one on your list. Not even close?
2: No, nah, I, I like it. It's a good movie.
1: I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's incredible. He, he, I incredible. I, I don't think he knows anything. I don't think he really cares about sports too much. But you would think that – I think that it doesn't even matter. Like, if he was a real – like, if you just plugged him into, like, any sort of coaching position, I feel like he'd be a great coach. Just, like, without knowing anything about the sport – like, that's a guy I would run through a wall for. And just a bit, and, and Channing Tatum is also in that movie as a young actor. It's just That's a great movie. At the end of that movie, it has uh, Hope with Twista, which is a song that closes the, the whole movie out. Just perfectly encapsulates that whole movie. Mm-hmm. And then number three, which I, did, I am super, this is the biggest upset of all. I'm surprised this was not on your guys' list. Remember the Titans.
0: You know, I've actually never seen that movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Why? i I, oh. I don't know I've, I've I've meant to see it sometimes you know I've, I, I'll, I'll be scanning on demand and go, oh, there's remember the Titans and I just never got around to it yet.
2: Oh, that's great. I, <laughs> well, I, I, this, I kind of forgot about that because that would have been on my list. That's a really so that's a really good the movie. Best, the
1: best scene in this movie. So uh, there's gay quarterback. His name's Sunshine. He's got long hair. <laughs> he goes up to another player in on the team. Uh, Gary Burtier's name. He's like the star like all American middle linebacker. And, uh, so this is like when they're bonding, it's like the black and the white team, like they match, they become great friends. So his black friend, like Julius is in the shower and, uh, sunshine goes up to him and he goes, Hey, uh, Julius is in the showers. <laughs> 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 and then he just, and then he just, he springs on him and, and like makes out with him <laughs> and he gets like pushed off. It's just a great scene. Just that line though. Like, Hey, Julius is in the shower.
2: That's pretty funny. There's a lot of good actors in that movie, too.
1: They do, yeah. Ryan Gosling's in there. Uh, but, if, yeah, Ted, you probably have no idea what I'm referencing, but you need to watch that movie just for that scene alone. That's
2: I'll che- I'll
0: definitely check it out. It's funny you mentioned it because it was just on the other day. I stopped there for a minute. Uh, they were in the locker room arguing about something, and I noticed that the uh, the black doctor from the television, sco- television show, Scrubs, was in it. I don't know. I yeah, yep, he's in it. I forget what his name was. Petey. But... Yeah, his name's Petey in the movie. Petey. Okay. All right. Uh, Keep going. The story, of, like something that's kind of like brushed under the rug about that
1: movie, this team, like Danglin, like, was such like an upset upset that they won the state title. Like it was such a triumphant like play. They had two All Americans on this team, and and the 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 uh, the school that Washington came from, like the the Black School, they were undefeated the year before. Was, and
0: this was a true story? Then
2: yeah, yeah, it's a true story. It's basically yeah, the first uh, school that. Integrated black and white. Okay. I think it's not that it was necessarily an upset. I think it's just that. That they were able to, to you know, bring the two schools together and still be good at football. But right, they were stacked. And they had two all Americans. I mean, I
1: don't even maybe who knows? Maybe they didn't even really gel. They just had so much talent that they won, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, my number two uh, Dodgeball a true underdog story <laughs> that's a good
0: that's one a that is a good I've one I've seen this movie 20 times I love
1: Vince Vaughn I have season tickets to him and I also have season tickets to Mark Wahlberg which I didn't even mention back when I was talking about The Fighter
0: well Ben Stiller is pretty brilliant too the, fight,
1: the thing that I don't understand about this movie is Jason Bateman is so funny as the play-by-play announcer <laughs> in this. fantastic classic. that's like his only comedy role though that's what I don't get like why is that the only time he's really they've given him a Shot to act like it to be a comedy
0: guy. He's done know? a few others. But, of comedy movies.
1: Yeah. But he's like that's he's cool. the same exact actor in every one of those movies.
2: He's the same guy, like a smart aleck like smart guy. Yeah, he's but they're comedies like, uh, and Arrested Development. I don't know. Have you ever seen that?
0: He was awesome no, in that. Oh, he was awesome in that.
1: So I might okay. I might have to. That's a that's a. I'll put that in the tickler file for uh, Arrested Development. Yeah. And then the but the best the best part about this movie is the character Steve the pirate.
2: Steve the, Steve the pirate. pirate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, there's a couple of my favorite lines. When uh, he stops, like, Vince Vaughn in the, in the hallway, he's like, and then he, he, like, puts the knife up to his neck, and then he, he, like, walks away, and he goes, Steve, be on the stair, master. <laughs> and then, and then he's, like, he's sad uh, after White Goodman comes up. He's like, your best player thinks he's a pirate. And then he's, like, walking home, like, dejected, and this guy... <laughs> Chucks like a like, milkshake at him, right? Yeah, the guy, the guy chucks a milkshake at him. <laughs> he goes, oh, that's treasure island. <laughs> but that's a movie. I love that movie. I'm not joking. I've seen it probably 500 times. I remember when it just came out. My parents were watching it, and we weren't allowed to watch it. Like we had to go to the other room. Me and my brother Josh. We ended up sneaking into the room behind him, and we watched the entire thing without them even realizing we were watching it. I was like six years old. So I love not it. A Great parenting.
0: All right, are, are you are you ready? I know our listeners are really fired up and ready for your number one now, Jared.
1: My number one, another movie that was not mentioned, which I'm very surprised. Mm. He got game. Hmm. That's good. I like that movie. A couple of uh, things that really were awesome for me when I first watched it. So there's a uh, sex scene in there with actual like real porn stars oh. with uh, Ray Allen. <laughs> Which is uh, just pretty wild. At the time, that was that was pretty eye opening to me. You know, as a ten year old watching that, no idea that was coming. And then you have Denzel Washington and Ray Allen. Quick side note. Kobe was almost casted to play Jesus Shuttlesworth in this movie. Thank goodness I was, he wasn't. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring that up, ruined. yeah. The whole movie would have been ruined. <laughs> but they play a one-on-one game at the very end between Ray Allen and Denzel Washington. It was completely unscripted. And Denzel Washington actually like puts points up on Ray Allen. And it's just, it's just, that scene alone makes the movie. Like, the movie has some big-time holes in it. But that scene alone puts it to number one on my list. So that's my list. Number one, he got game. Number two, dodgeball. Number three, remember the Titans. Number four, Coach Carter. And then number five, The Fighter. All and right. Actually just something. Oh, I, I got one more thing to, to know. <laughs> so in Coach Carter, there's like a party scene where they're at like a pool. And I'm. it's like awesome party. Like it's like at a mansion. And like, it looks like I said, like filmed in like Malibu. Millions of kids, like music's bumping. Everyone's like in uh, swimsuits and like bikinis. And I always thought growing up that that's like what parties were going to be like when I was in high school. That couldn't have been further. <laughs> and that's just sort of a complaint I have as movies and in general. They always fantasize things. Like, just tell it how it really is.
0: That's that's called a documentary.
1: Well, they, I know that's... Uh, speaking of a great documentary that I kind of wanted to recommend to you guys, Basketball, A Love Story. It's on ESPN. I'm sure Matt's probably familiar with it. Yeah. It's 20 hours long. It's like a bunch of miniature... Uh, like anywhere from five minutes to like 30-minute uh, episodes, and it's just incredible. I've been watching it nonstop the last couple
0: of days. I saw it promo, so it's worth watching then, huh? Yeah, it's
1: good. Oh, it's awesome.
0: Okay. Well, I'll, t- I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, so, again, for our listeners, if they want to maybe add, send their own list over to us or send us an audio recording, just send it to us and, Matt, maybe explain better <laughs> where they need to send it.
2: Yeah, I mean, record something, you know, like you said, write something up, whatever you want to do. Email it, threepointpod at gmail.com, Twitter or Instagram at threepointpod. Uh, if you have one of our phone numbers, just text it to us, let us know. Um, anything, yeah, anything you want to talk about, if you want to take some shots at Jared for some of his movie selections, or if you want to, you know, bring up some topics, that's anything's fair game.
0: And we also have the Michigan Ohio State game coming up. I got to believe we might have even some Ohio State fans, so, you know. Maybe break it down for us, how you see this game's going to be, and we'll definitely uh, be back to debate it.
1: Definitely. We have a, yeah, we have a stocked episode coming up next week. got Thanksgiving coming up. we got Michigan-Ohio State. Oh, yeah.
0: A lot of good stuff
1: coming down the pipe. Definitely.
2: One, one more movie just popped in my head. I can't believe I left off. Blue Chips. I can't believe I left that one off. That, that's one of my favorite basketball movies.
0: That was that's a good the one. That's one with Nick Nolte, right? Nick Nolte, hey, Nick Sha- Nolte, Shaq, Sha-
2: Sha- and Anthony Hardaway. Penny. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of great sports movies. I think we covered it pretty good, though. I think we had a pretty good list between us and Casey that joined us. Uh, you know, not
2: bad. Yeah. I think one quick thing, though, that we talked about earlier, it's like the how good the actual sports are in the movie is a big thing. You know, like there's some that are really cheesy, so mm-hmm. you, you know it's going to – be a comedy or whatever but sometimes like the actual basketball or the baseball looks so fake it's like a game changer it, it's not a good movie
0: absolutely right that's why friday nights lights friday night lights and football i thought that was pretty well done
1: yeah, yeah definitely I, and, the, and and the, and like i was talking about like the blind side just the absolute worst when it came to that right yeah the, the football in that movie is pretty cheesy and then um, i'm trying to think of some uh, like some other sports movies that are out there tin Ca- do you guys like the movie tin cup
2: i liked it tin cup is cool but, yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't make my list. It's a good movie, though.
0: Another Costner one.
2: Yep, Costner, yep.
0: Costner was about as good as it gets there for a while, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, and about everything he did was good. A lot of it is crazy. Just a quick thing that he said during that speaker series, he had to fund a lot of his movies, like Dances with Wolves. That was basically all out of his pocket. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, he made a ton of money off that. And then got the Oscar. most of his movies he funded basically on his own. Yeah,
0: he, and he was fantastic in a miniseries called The Hetfields and McCoys. Did you get a chance to see that? Uh, if you ever get, if you ever uh, come across it, it's well worth watching. Costner was outstanding. <laughs>
1: the only, my only run-in with Kevin Costner, uh, English class, tenth grade year, we watched a like documentary about Michigan parks. He was the uh, voiceover on it, the nice.
2: narrator. Nice. It, it wasn't Tim Allen.
1: No, and, and no, it wasn't Tim Allen, which he oh. he does great work on the Pure Michigan uh, commercials. But and then <laughs> I remember we went to, I went to the Tigers game on a party bus one time, and they had Field of Dreams playing like on the TVs, and I I didn't watch it. It's pretty much the end of that story. It, it was on, but wasn't was not tuned in.
0: You weren't too interested.
1: Yeah, that might not be a movie to watch on a party bus. No. And then um, Ted just head, so you're you, you think you might watch Remember the Titans this weekend?
0: I don't know if it'll be this weekend, but I'll definitely be checking it out. It's a good one. Absolutely. Uh, Gary Bertier gets paralyzed. Okay, thanks for ruining oh, geez, it. There you Appreciate go. Appreciate that. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> 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 it's, it's been 18 years. Watched, <laughs> it that doesn't matter. What out. a jerk. He always, he, doesn't, he always likes to ruin my DVR viewing, I'm telling you. Oh, by the way, really. before we wrap up, I want to uh, uh, send a promo out. We got a, a game of the week coming up—a state semifinal, Lake City and New Lothrop. And I know Jared, you were at the New lothrop Paloma, westphalia matchup, number one against number two last week. What a game, huh? Yeah,
1: and I have to eat crow. You know, I, I
0: remember I mentioned it on the
1: podcast. That was normally the game where New Lothrop uh, shits the bed. I'm going to completely change from that opinion. Yeah, they're going to win the—they're going to win the state title. They're in,
0: they're in great a really position. Yeah, they are very good, and it was a great coaching performance in that second half by Clint Galvis, and uh, it it was awesome. So we'll have that game on Z92.5 this Saturday, and you can hear the replay right here at 3 Point Podcast. Well, that's going to do it for now. Share 3 Point Podcast with all your friends and subscribe on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, or TuneIn and give us a rating. Fire off a comment on our podcast page and also... You can comment on Twitter, that's at 3 point Pod, or email us with topics like Casey did from Mount Pleasant. That's at 3 point pod at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, and Z92.5, the Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production, and until next time, thanks for listening to 3 Point Podcast.